1: NY or text HOPE NY in New York.
2: What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine live recruiting show. We are almost a week till signing day. Next Wednesday is recruiting's most important day. Zach and I have been busy preparing. I was actually in the DMV earlier today with Dominic Nichols and Devin Baxter, Michigan's Edge commits doing some signing day stuff, which is why we have the late start. Zach has been at home Manning the ship, we hope to have a lot of cool recruiting content here exclusively on our YouTube channel. Isn't that right, Tech? You've been working hard behind the scenes on the YouTube stuff.
3: So. We are making sure that everyone goes to the Wolverine.com and on the YouTube channel for Signing Day on the twentieth. So, um, exclusive content, you know, great features. So, looking forward to it
2: definitely and tonight's podcast is sponsored by leonard financial solutions leonard financial solutions founder jonathan leonard wants to listen to you to get to know your story and how he can best help you people often hesitate to contact a financial advisor because they think they have to know what they want first leonard financial solutions founder jonathan leonard will start with you at square one Getting to know you and your unique situation you don't want to outlive your retirement money you don't want to make risky investments you don't want your loved ones to experience financial insecurity Leonard financial solutions wants to alleviate your fears by providing you with options for life insurance income protection retirement income safe annuities and medicare they take the time to explain the pros and cons of each product and will not rush you through the decision making process. When is the best time to sit down with a financial advisor? It's now. Whether you are just starting out, and hoping to retire in the next five years, or already retired, Leonard Financial Solutions wants to help you make smart decisions about your money, get the expert financial advice without the high pressure sales pitch. Reach out to Get Started today for a free consultation at www.leonardfs.com or call 856-444-LIFE. Again, that's www.leonardfs.com, or call 856-444-LIFE. So like I said, signing day right around the corner. Make sure to also get a subscription to the Wolverine right now, $1 for uh, one month, and you get premium insider access throughout the month. Signing day, you get coverage heading into the Rose Bowl. We have Seth Floyd going to the Rose Bowl himself. So shout out to you, man. Um, There's a lot of people getting on here. So shout out to everybody that's joining us tonight. Um, People not necessarily happy with your hat selection. or I mean, I'm sorry, with your hoodie selection. Maybe they're fine with the hat. Um, But anyway, let's go ahead and get into Michigan recruiting. The Wolverines had a nice late flip here over the weekend as USC defensive line commit David Poly Poly flipped his verbal pledge from the Trojans to Michigan. A big win here, one we alluded to last week. Um, I kind of covered this recruitment, so I'll explain the recruitment and how everything happened and what I think about Poly Poly since I've seen him live. Uh, before I do, Zach, I asked you this question last week. Now it's become official. You've had time to marinate. Uh, What do you think about the defensive line class overall as Michigan gets ready to sign all these guys in the trenches?
3: I think they're all the same in a way, which is a great thing. And I think it shows the kind of character and athlete that Michigan defensive line coach, Mike Elston is searching for on the recruiting trail. I mean, you can use buzzwords like, you know, blue collar, you know, get guys who go to work every day, guys who put their heads down and, you know, grind it out, you know, in terms of how poly poly fits, you know, he's exactly what you know, you exactly what a nose tackle would bring in that scheme in that 4-2 front. Um, he's you know, you watch him on film, especially his one clip as a senior, you know, he's very versatile at the high school level, and he's very comfortable playing multiple positions, but for someone who's Close to 315, well over 305. You know, you can plug him in as that a gap run stuffer. He's he I from watching what I've seen, he, he uses his hands well, he's able to continue his motor to get a tackle. Um, he's he's able to bend at his size, which is great. But you know, it's it's easy to make comparisons, you know, that holodi not type that star. Lolo Tule a uh, type, just guys who you know you can you can plug in in multiple gaps. Um, you know can can take on double teams well. Um, continues to work and fight to get into the backfield. So I feel like this is a really good addition for Michigan, and I feel like this is something that um, you know just based on character wise too. From what you've talked to him and what the coaching staff have seen, it seems like he's a culture fit and someone who's going to get to work as soon as possible.
2: Definitely. We um, <clears throat> actually have a, a viewer I want to shout out that's apparently watching all the way from Bolivia. He can't go to Michigan's uh, Rose Bowl game. Uh, he'll have to watch it on an apparently semi-legal cable. But just wanted to give him a shout out since he's joining us uh, all the way from Bolivia. People around the world tuning into the show tonight. Uh, let's talk about David Polypoly Poly again, you know, kind of to give my thoughts. I have seen David Pali live. I went out and watched him practice in uh, late spring, early summer, right before he took his official visit to Michigan. I also stopped by his school a couple of times. I recently went out to watch him do a speed workout. So unfortunately, I was never able to see him play a game, given the fact that he committed to USC, so never really went out to see him play. But I have seen him move around, do some drills, have a helmet on. So I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what Polly Polly brings to the table. I think Zach kind of uh, hit on that. And hes I think he's a guy that definitely could fit in at the nose spot really well. He's not as long as a Kenneth Grant type, but he can take up multiple blockers. He's athletic enough and has a high enough motor to do some Kenneth Grant-like things. But I also think he can play the three technique really well. I think he could potentially play the four eye. He has a really stout build. He's completely compact, Um, just upper half, lower half. I mean, he's built like a tree trunk uh, in a sense. He's about six foot two and a half, 315 right now. I don't think he adds that much weight. Like I think he'll stick around uh, 335, 340. But either way, he's a massive piece along the defensive line. And I know a lot of you are probably wondering, well, if you have such high praise for him, why is he ranked so low? I just don't think a lot of people ever saw him. He's a guy that played at Hempfield, which isn't a really well-known school in Pennsylvania. It's out in Amish country and you know, just didn't get any eyeballs on him, didn't do any major camps this offseason either. I think I'm the only recruiting reporter nationally that's ever seen this guy. So just not a lot of eyeballs on him. Um, Also coming over from Alaska, he had to kind of get adjusted there. And then as a senior, he only played three games. So not a lot of senior film out there on him. So currently ranked uh, just inside the top 800. But I really like Polly Pali. I think he's one of the more underrated recruits in the country. Right now, just doesn't have a lot of film and doesn't have a lot of eyeballs on him. And, you know, just to address this, because I know it's been brought up all over social media and David's not ignorant to it either, uh, is the fact that he didn't play a lot as a senior because he had an incident with the high school coach. Uh, Basically, he made a social media post that was in jest saying that his team needed a new coach. And so the coach didn't take kindly to that. And Polly Polly ended up transferring, but he also missed a lot of his season because of a foot injury. So again, only played three games. But I can I, I bring up the coach disagreement thing to say that I think he just made a mistake, and he's a seventeen year old seventeen col- year old kid that was making a joke on social media. I don't think it's acceptable, but I do think it would have been better for. The his former program to use it as a teaching moment as opposed to just kicking a kid off the team makes no sense, especially one that's, you know, done a lot for your program and is uh, going to go play at the next level. So I do want to say that I've gotten to know David throughout this entire process. I think he's a great kid. I think he just made one stupid mistake. I think the staff thinks he's a great kid as well. They wouldn't have welcomed him to the class if they didn't. And the other commits in the class think he's a good fit, too. He's already friends with guys like Dominic Nichols and Owen Waifel. So I think he's got the stamp of approval from everybody needed. I just think it was one mistake. And, you know, in, in terms of how this recruitment played out, I really feel like um, I really feel like he was going to end up at Michigan to begin with. Uh, Early on in the process, it seemed like Michigan was going to earn a commitment. He actually pretty much basically gave a silent commitment behind the scenes going into his official visit. But like I said, he's originally from Alaska. He has family up and down the West Coast. He went out and visited USC and committed on the spot and then immediately kind of started having second guesses. In November, he was actually watching the Penn State game, which was a pretty cool story. And he saw Kenneth Grant hawk down Katron Allen, and he ended up texting Mike Elston right after that play and said, go blue. They got back in communication. Polly Polly got in contact with Harbaugh through Elston. Harbaugh gave him the green light to commit. So he committed behind the scenes around Thanksgiving and obviously just made it public this weekend. But I think Michigan is always where he really wanted to be deep down. I think growing up a USC fan and having family out there and originally being from Alaska, I think that played a role in him committing on a spot. But I do think that, you know, he, he came back around to what was his real home. I, I, and I do think he's a great player. I think he's a great kid. I think him and Owen Wayful are going to be a dynamic underrated duo at Michigan in the future. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Michigan is hosting an official visitor in the 2024 recruiting class right now. Lugard Edek Paiyi actually arrived on Monday night for his official visit, which began this morning on 300 edge out of the DMV. I had a chance to talk to him right before his OV, literally as he was about to get on the plane and, um, a lot of great things to say at Michigan. So you can go find that over at the wolverine.com for $1 for one month. Now, before I talk about Etik Pai and give the intel that I got from seeing him um, before he, he took off to the Michigan visit, same question to you, Zach. The edge room, if Michigan is able to close with Etik Pai after losing out on Jacob Smith and Elias Rudolph, who obviously flipped away from Michigan, it would be Etik Pai, Devin Baxter, Dominic Nichols, the DMV trio, how would you feel about that edge haul?
3: Specifically with Lugard, you know, knowing what we know these past few months with Elias Rudolph flipping to Miami and then Jacob Smith flipping to Kentucky a month later, and most recently, you know, on 300 Kansas commit, Deshaun Warner didn't end up visiting. You know, this is the kid that you really want to plug in. For this class, he's from people that I've spoken to, you know, he's regarded as arguably the highest upside among all edges in the 2024 class. Um, Six foot seven, 215 pounds, 220 pounds, just a a physical specimen that you can mold into just an elite pass rusher. Um, He's he has so much more room to fill out. And I'm just going to take a quote from your article with this head coach. You know, he mentioned he can get up to 260 pounds. And based on, you know, photos and videos, like that's entirely possible. Um, physically, too, you know, he has a, a crazy long arms. Um, his hands are big. He he uses that to um, have success on the football field, you know, in terms of just shedding blocks and getting leverage on the outside. But. A kid of his structure, um, and how you can construct him into being a big 10 pass rusher, you know, Michigan is just the ideal place, right? With that strength and conditioning program under Ben Herbert, the direction of Mike Elston, Jesse Minter, defensive coordinator, and um staffer of Dylan Roney. Like this is an opportunity, right, to get a um a kid that who can develop over a couple of years and plug in as a starter. I I found out too that he's kind of young for the eight for the class, too. Like he's about to ter- he'll turn 18 in April or May, so he's still learning the sport too. But he still has so much growth, both physically and emotionally. So, um, as a pure speed rusher, you know there's just a, a a role in that defense for Michigan for a guy like him. You saw it with landing Elias Rudolph in July. You saw it with landing a kid like Jacob Smith. But with Lugard, you know, you're just a kid who can pin your ears back get after the quarterback, get into the backfield. And after, like I said, developmental um, progressions over the years, there's just, you know, you can reach that upside. And I feel like, you know, Michigan is an op- is a great place for a kid like him.
2: Just want to remind you guys that today is not the uh, Q&A show. So if you do want a question answered on tonight's show, you can leave a super chat. That money goes directly to our travel budget so we can go around the country and continue to see Michigan recruits and commit. If you uh, don't have the dollars to support today, just leave a like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is free and you can support the show. Um, I think Zach's exactly right. I mean, you have a guy that has a ton of potential here. And I wish more of the Michigan fan base would be excited about Lugard. I mean, he's an on 300 guy. The staff has made him It's top defensive target left on the recruiting board this cycle. I mean, they've made him the priority. Things kind of just faded away with Deshaun Warner, who's committed to Kansas. Uh, They've really gone all in on Lugard. They haven't even offered any other edge guys. I mean, he is the guy on the board. I know for a fact that they evaluated a few other prospects this fall and checked out senior film and things of that nature. But they really wanted to go all in on Lugard. Um, I think that right now, you know, we, we kind of, Zach kind of broke down his game a little bit. Um, but I mean, six foot seven is legit. I think he's six, six and a half on his profile, but I mean, I'd give him six, seven, I'm six one. And I mean, this guy towers over me right now. He looks like a basketball player. He has that length and just, again, kind of looks like an NBA player with, with that, uh, wingspan. And that height, but he has—he's—he weighs 215 right now, but he has so much room to get up to that 260 that that Zach talked about, and I could definitely see him filling out to that. So he's just such an intriguing prospect with a, a really high ceiling, and you kind of get that in Devin Baxter as well, and then you get more of a high floor in Dominic Nichols. So it's a good little mix if Michigan's able to close. So will they close? Is the obvious question here. Like Etik Pai has already made official visits to Minnesota and to Rutgers and to Maryland. Uh, Texas A&M was a top school early on, but they have been eliminated. Jimbo Fisher, you got that whole coaching change situation. So A&M is out. So again, Maryland, Rutgers, Minnesota, big 10 teams, but kind of on the lower end. I think right now, you know, the, those schools are still factors and You know, maybe Lou shocks everybody and picks one of those programs. But I think Michigan, Florida State are probably the two schools at the top and are the two schools hosting him for his last visit. So like I said, he's at Michigan right now. He's going to Florida State on Friday directly from Ann Arbor. And I think we'll just know a lot more about his recruitment after his OVs end. This is a kid that didn't pick up his first Power 5 offer until October. These relationships with the staff are brand new. He's never been to these campuses. He's learning on the fly. I think the two things that really helped Michigan in this recruitment, I was exchanging messages with the program source earlier today, and he agreed with this. There are two things that Michigan can win over uh, Attic Pai and his family with, and one is academics. Michigan is the best school on that list by far. I mean, Florida State's a pretty good school. I think Rutgers is a good regional school, but Michigan obviously offers an elite education. And Attic Pai is a really high academic kid, and his family really values what you know a potential degree from Michigan could mean for him. And the second thing is development. I actually spoke to an SEC coach who was interested in offering at a ended up not offering him because he already had the necessary amount of edge guys and their uh, head coach wanted to hit the transfer portal. Uh, But he told me he really liked Lugard and that if the kid was smart, he would go to Michigan because it's a great fit for the development of pass rushers. And so I think Michigan's edge production in general, as well as getting him face to face time with Ben Herbert I think that's going to go a long way on this official visit. So I could easily see Michigan coming out on top in this recruitment. It just it's it's tough to predict right now just because he blew up so late. And like I said, he has to learn everything on the fly about these programs and establish relationships in literally a really short time period. He told me he's going to look to decide maybe Monday or Tuesday. But if he needs more time, he might be a signing day announcement. So coming down to the wire for Lugard. Pie. Before we move on to our next subject, guys, do want to remind you I've seen some questions in the chat. This is our uh, Tuesday night show, which means if you want a question answered, hit that super chat button and support us and we will get your question answered. But before we move on to our final topic, we want to welcome our uh, other sponsor here, Barry Gallagher. He's written a book, Lloyd Carr's Michigan Football Journey, Millions of Michigan Wolverine Football Fans. Love Coach Lloyd H. Carr Jr. as much as he loved the University of Michigan. This insightful book details how an interim coach stepped up for the Michigan Wolverines and won his way into the College Football Hall of Fame. Lloyd Carr's Michigan football journey tells a complete story of his 28-year journey, 15 years as an assistant and 13 years as a head coach to bring Michigan football back to national prominence and keep it there. This book gives you a comprehensive look at the amazing career of Lloyd Carr. It is full of original research charts and tables that clearly illustrate how and why Coach Carr became a college football legend. Rich Hewlett, one of Carr's first players at Michigan, wrote a heartfelt forward that sets the tone for a closer look at one of college football's greatest coaches. Order your copy today at Amazon or at mden.com. So Adipayi is the only uh, visitor for the midweek that's an actual recruit. I know our team guys are probably covering the transfer portal targets. This weekend will feature three Michigan commits getting in their official visits. These are the only three commits that haven't made their OVs yet, obviously, which is why they're doing it right now. Uh, Those three guys are on 300 cornerback Josiah Edmond, three-star linebacker Zachary Ludwig, and on 300 linebacker Jaden Smith. Now, Zach, you have uh, gotten close with Josiah Edmond and Zach Ludwig. Let's hit on them for a little bit. Let's show them some love. You know, what can you tell the fans about Josiah Edmond and Zach Ludwig?
3: Yeah, let's start off with Josiah Edmond first out of Napanee, Indiana, uh, northeast Indiana. Um when he committed to Michigan in early August, he was a three star. but you know, on three specifically has really gone to understand just how much of an athletic freak this player is. Um, As you mentioned, on 300 right now, and I think that's the perfect ranking for a kid like him and what he can bring to the table at Michigan. Um, I've seen him in game twice this season, last season, um, most recently for a playoff game where he played exclusively at the cornerback position on man, um, to be exact, which is the position that Michigan wants him at. You know, Steve Klingscale, and that staff worked really hard to flip him from Purdue in the summer after that barbecue at the big house visit in July. So, you know, in each game too, you know, he obviously showed a versatility as well. I mean, I've seen him play the nickel. I've seen him play like an outside linebacker, deep safeties, uh, like that hybrid rule safety. Um, He's also played wide receiver, running back, kick returner, punt returner. I've also seen him punt. So – he's just a utility player at the high school level, but in terms of just who he is at the next level, I mean, he's just a dog, right? Like he's the exact kind of recruit that would play and thrive under Steve Klingscale. Physically, you know, he's about 180 pounds. I can see him playing that 190, 195, even 200 range. Um, You know, he's, he's not skinny, but he still has room to grow. He he. His arms are long. He just plays with a physic. He plays very physical, especially at the point of attack and coverage. Um, in that you know one on one situation on an island. So, um, you know, based on those two games, I think Michigan is getting a really good cornerback. And if he works like if he comes in early, um, which he's working on doing so. I could see him, you know, getting early playing time if he progresses the way he should be. Um, You know, we've seen Michigan not afraid to throw out freshman quarterback, cornerbacks. You know, obviously last year, Jire Hill, Cameron Calhoun, um, DJ Waller all got significant playing time, uh, especially in the early part of the season. So I think that would be beneficial, especially learning under someone like, you know, Will Johnson. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to Michigan as early as next year. But. You know, with Zach Ludwig, too, out of Pittsburgh, a little south of Pittsburgh, actually, you know, we know that he is the nephew of Michigan strength and conditioning coach Ben Herbert. Uh, His recruitment was a little wonky, I guess you can say, you know, committing but not having it go public until two months later. But I've seen him twice, once for a game, once for just a meetup. I think the first one was in April. The last one was in late October. I think – throughout that period, I really wanted to see him get some weight on him and just muscle mass, just get some more strength on him. I, I, you could see that vividly in that game that I saw, which for his team, he was the starting quarterback wildcat, both wildcat and traditional uh, starting Mike. And he's long stopper. He never left the field when I saw him until the coaches forced him to leave. Um, I think I know we've talked about this before, like that Rocky Balboa nickname that I heard and everyone else around me heard that was given to him. I think it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. You know, he's just a kid who gives just uh, unprecedented efforts anytime he's on the field. I, I think he's definitely one to that people very are inspired by uh, fans, parents at that school, coaches. They just talk about him with such great uh, affinity. That it just makes so much sense, you know. He's that old school Mike linebacker in, in a four-three front. He just comes downhill, very violent, crashes the line of scrimmage. Um, in terms of his future at Michigan, you know, it's to do to be determined how far he rises up that ranks at the linebacker spot. I mean, it's I mean, let's just be honest, you know, he's there's a lot of work to be done. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple of things that need to be proved, but one thing that's not going to be, um, doubted about him when he's at Michigan is going to be his efforts. I mean, clearly Jim Harbaugh saw what I'm talking about, you know, he's that kind of guy who would work well in that culture that Harbaugh has established, you know, he's, he's, it's that 110% that I feel like is just going to get him on the field in some way or fashion, whether it's on defense, whether it's on special teams, it really doesn't matter. I expect him to be on field at some point during his career. It's just a matter of where Um, I think special teams is going to be great kickoff, kick kick return, punt, punt return. He's just that kid who's going to leave it all on the field. And that's the type of kid that, um, Jay Harbaugh, specifically a special teams coordinator, values a lot. So I'm looking forward to see what his career looks like. Uh, and I'm really glad I got to see him twice and really just share his story um, on the wolverine.com.
2: So we got a super chat here. Well, Zach got a super chat from the Jay White 50199 Says, shout out to Libby for the Intel. Man is working hard. So... Libby getting some love tonight. Keaton Batman also showing Libby a little heart there. Um, Yeah. So one more official visitor to break down on 300 uh, linebacker, Jaden Smith, who obviously is committed to Michigan is coming in for his OV. Remember Smith committed to Michigan after making an unofficial visit in the summer. And he stayed completely solid with the Wolverines throughout the process. Now, obviously Chris Partridge is no longer on staff. He was fired during the whole situation that we don't want to get into. But uh, Jaden Smith is still locked in. You know, I've checked in with his mentor, and he told me that they love the Michigan program and what it has to offer on and off the field. He was back for the game against Ohio State last month and really enjoyed his time there. Jesse Minter has done a fantastic job of picking up where Partridge left off and and Minter was obviously always involved in this recruitment as well. Rick Minter, his father has been really involved in this recruitment as well. And Jim Harbaugh made the in-home visit last week. So nothing to really worry about here. There were some other schools that reached out to Jaden Smith, but he just didn't show a ton of interest. Uh, I mean, he just, again, just loves what Michigan has to offer on and off the field. As far as, you know, Jaden, as a player, He's interesting. His rankings kind of vary from site to site. I have him graded as a four star, not in the on 300. I have him graded as a low four star, but that could come back to bite me. He's so unpredictable. This is a kid with an extremely high ceiling and a low four as well. So I think going to a program like Michigan where you can get developed and where they can teach you the technical standpoints of things is definitely going to, benefit him. When I went out and saw him uh, play in his season opener in August, I said, man, this guy has everything you want. He just doesn't really know what he's doing right now. So, and that's how I felt about him when I saw him in the spring too. So right after Michigan offered him in the spring, I saw him at the Under Armour Charlotte camp and I wrote, I think Chris Partridge has found something in this Jaden Smith kid. He's long, he's athletic, he's super fast for his size he just doesn't know what he's doing. And it's kind of the same thing in the fall it was like, this kid has it. He just doesn't know what he's doing, but he goes out there and he's a headhunter. He's tremendous on special teams. He's one of the best special teams players I've ever seen. Um, he's a guy that I think led the state of North Carolina in block punt. He regularly makes tackles on kickoff. He is going to be a Jay Harbaugh favorite. From day one, I could see him getting on the field as a true freshman solely on the kickoff team or the punt team, like just go down there and kill somebody. He will do that. Um, But like I said, he's long, he's athletic. I think he's uh, best suited for probably the will spot, but he can come off the edge too if needed. Uh, He's one of those positionless defensive athletes that Michigan took this cycle. But again, I love his upside. I'm scared of the floor, which is why my ranking is so conservative. Jaden Smith is a really, really exciting prospect in my opinion. I just I would have loved to have seen him again later in the season. It looked like he finished with a great statistical year and I'm gonna go back and watch some of his senior film, but just seeing him live twice, you know, you can see that athleticism. you can see that upside in literally a matter of 30 seconds like that's that's how easy of a wow factor. He creates. Now it's just all about developing, adding weight. He's still on the skinnier side and just, uh, you know, learning the mental aspect of the game, get, getting cleaned up technically. So uh, I think Smith, again, has a lot of upside here. So we didn't get an off topic question tonight, Zach. Unfortunately, people were not having fun tonight. Um, so we'll end the show with this random off topic question. If I look exhausted, it's because I am, I just drove to Maryland and back today and met with Devin Baxter and Dominic Nichols. So I asked Devin Baxter in one of our little video interview things that we're doing for signing day. I said, Devin, what is your best or, or what's your go-to pre-game meal? Right. And so Baxter was like, I have a pregame and a postgame meal. And I was like, okay, well, give me your pregame and postgame. Move. This sounds like a Zach Libby move, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's just downing stuff before and after the game. So he gets a club, a giant club on the sub from firehouse subs before the game. And then after the game, he gets a 20-piece McNuggets and a large Sprite. So my question to you, Zach, is what is better from the Devin Baxter post-game, pre-game combo, is his pre-game meal of a gigantic firehouse sub-better or a post-game meal of 20 McNuggets?
3: McNuggets.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you get you get like four dipping sauces with that. You can get a, like a medium fry too. No salt, obviously. And then like a large Coke, you're good. To no cook. salt? Is that
2: what you just said?
3: Yeah, if you order fries with no salt, they have to
2: make a new batch so they come out very hot. Oh, look at this. Zach learning the tricks and the trades. I'll have to tell that to Devin Baxter. I personally don't know which one I would go with. I don't think I could finish either meal. Um, I told Dev that I would just get Chick-fil-A nuggets, but he told me that he's sick of them because everybody always gets Chick-fil-A and he's more of a McDonald's guy. So. Because yeah. I can't knock Devin Baxter for being more of a McDonald's guy. I'd probably go with, I, I enjoy a sub, and I really don't know what chicken nuggets at McDonald's are made out of. Like at Chick-fil-A, they're clearly, you know, chicken. <laughs> at McDonald's, I don't know if they're chicken or not. It's, I think it's like rib meat or something. I mean, they could I mean, be. I, they could be good. They, they are be, good. They could be ostrich
3: knees, for all I care. Like they're, they're, they, they, At 2 a.m. or something,
2: they are the best snack ever. See? People are downing me for putting down the (laughs) McDonald's nuggets. They are nasty, but they do taste good. I just don't know what they are. And I told Devin, I'm like, I'm now into my 30s. And if I eat a 20-piece McNugget meal, I would not be able to get out of bed the next day. Zach, you're still in your prime. You're still in your 20s. So I'm sure you would be able to handle it. Did you tell Dom to do a combined chicken
3: 10-nugget sub at Sheets Gas Station. Oh, my God. Get out of here. We don't have
2: time. For, yeah, Jay White says chicken guts equals sacks. <laughs> um, those little nuggets do look like sex, But, yeah, no, I uh, I don't know, man. That was such a weird combo from Devin Baxter. And if you look at Devin Baxter, who's another kid with just such high upside in this class, I mean, he looks like a chiseled physical specimen you're like wow this kid's six foot five and a half 235 pounds i mean just looks already like a college player like first guy off the bus and this man's downing a extra large club on a sub before the game and a 20 feet nuggets he's not even gaining any weight what's going on with him so um yeah i i don't know man i i will say that i i When i was younger i did you know go to mcdonald's every now and then but the one item i always wanted was never available because their ice cream machines are always broken like Mm -hmm. me i wanted a mcflurry all the time they never had them so i would still take a mcflurry today i would take a mcflurry today over some mcnuggets for sure but i'm sure their ice cream machine you know since 1999 has still been out of order but uh, anyway, <laughs> that gives you some insight into the pregame meals of uh, Devin Baxter, which was way more interesting than Dominic Nichols, who told me that his pregame meal, or he doesn't have a pregame meal. His postgame meal is a Chipotle burrito with no beans because he thinks beans are disgusting, for, even though he's going to Chipotle. Uh, <laughs> what thoughts on beans, Zach? Are you nodding? You're green that you don't like beans?
3: No, I mean, I like, I was just like, ah, you know, but like, Chipotle beans are good. Like, there's nothing wrong at Chipotle. You can't get anything bad at Chipotle. I'm just,
2: I told Dom, I was like, if you're going out to Chipotle and you're not getting beans, it's kind of weird, but. Yes, uh, teach their own. Uh, but anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. Take advantage of the dollar for one month deal over at thewolverine.com for great recruiting information. And I will be back tomorrow to answer all of your questions. And we'll be exactly a week away from National Signing Day. So yes, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. Um, So anyway, we'll see you guys. I'll
0: see you tomorrow. Zach will be back next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first $5 $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets